Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You're listening to Two Chunks and a Hunk. Movie musings for mostly everybody. Welcome to Two Chunks and a Hunk. My name is Jordan Wonders, and this week, I'm your hunk. I'm Doge, and you know, Jordan and Carter, you guys are way behind the times. The chunks of the 80s aren't tough. They're sensitive people. Mm. Mm -hmm. And I'm Carter, and I'm too old for this chunk. Yeah. So as I was kind of mentally playing back those first that first little bit of our show, I noticed that you said hunk. I did. Are you going to... Tell us why. I'd love to. Yeah. Please. It was, at one point, my birthday. Oh, That's it. I was How'd you celebrate? Happy birthday. What'd you do? How'd you celebrate? Um, I took the day off work and watched movies. Watched Jojo Rabbit, finally. Ooh, what'd you think? Very good. Yeah. A very good movie. I enjoyed it a lot. Same. One of my faves from this last year. Yeah. Taika, Taika is Prosthetics were not at all convincing to me. I didn't for a second believe that he was a real rabbit. It just, I think they could have <laughs> oh done a lot gosh. better. Like, creature where is effects this going? Work in that one. <laughs> yeah. Just sort of hung out, ate some cheesecake. Kind of does look like a rabbit. <laughs> a little. Yeah. A little. A little. Uh, of the many names that my wife and I call our dog, mm -hmm. which her name is just Nana, mm -hmm. simply. Yeah. Uh, sometimes she becomes some form of chew like a s like a c h o o oh so yeah. when she's tired she's a sleepy chew mm -hmm. um and the other day chelsea was like hello sleepy chew in the wall <laughs> sleepy chew come out <laughs> and I'm melted from very from, funny from cute funny yeah i like that so tune in next week good episode so far guys really good episode <laughs> hey are we talking about a movie Nope. Yes. I'd love it if we Not did. Yet. I'd love it if we did. And if that movie was part of our Datterday Afternoon ongoing series, then I think that movie would probably be called Lethal, lethal Weapon. Weapon. Uh, the first of many Lethal Weapons. Yeah. Uh, four to be. Not the kind of weapon that Taylor Lautner has. That's for dancing. Right. <laughs> musical yeah. weapon. That's a musical weapon. <laughs> this still blows my mind that that exists. I know. And that we got corrected on it. That's even better. To I me. appreciate I'm the correction. I'm glad yeah. we got corrected on it because, as you know, if you've listened to our show for any length of time, we we're wrong a lot. We're dumb about a bunch of stuff. <laughs> yeah, a whole <laughs> mess of stuff we're real dumb about. <laughs> um, but Lethal Weapon is not that kind of movie. Doge, could you tell us what kind of movie it is? Maybe I with would a synopsis? Love to tell you what kind of movie this is. This week's synopsis comes from, and this is the first 
user that we've got that's got a stage name. Uh, and it seems like it's a collective of people. This is written as a proper noun. Every word is capitalized. The Massey Twins. Ooh. Okay. The Massey Twins, right. to offer. Roger Murtaugh is an aging family man and sensible veteran police officer just trying to make it through the day unscathed. Martin Riggs is a suicidal loose cannon cop who doesn't care if he even lives to see the end of the day. Reluctantly thrown together to solve the mysterious murder of a banker's daughter, the unlikely duo uncovers a dangerous ring of drug smugglers employing ex-military mercenaries. After a tragic turn of events, the mission becomes personal, and the mismatched investigators must learn to trust one another as they wage a two-man war against a deadly criminal organization. I mean... Kudos. Yeah. The Massey twins prove definitively once and for all that two is better than one. Yeah, pretty They work precise. together to create an excellent synopsis. Absolutely. Precise. Um, had you guys seen this before? No. For sure. Um, I don't think I had, but I had somehow a, a recollection of an enormous amount of this movie. So I'm thinking maybe <laughs> I had seen it at some point. Gotcha. Did you watch it on TV after mowing the yard? Perhaps that could have been day? it. Yeah. That's classy sweet tea. Yeah. I watched it. it. I had never watched it. Not on TV. So okay. The first scene, I was like, hmm. There don't we go. remember this. <laughs> yeah. Right. There's some bits there's hanging some out. Bits. <laughs> yeah, there's some <laughs> there's some uh, dangly bits. What was this movie rated? Do you remember? R. It is R. R. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Cause it's pretty it's pretty intense at several moments. Yeah. With with yeah, violence, some nudity. Well, yeah. Language. The F bombs alone would have made it R. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Mm-hmm. In fact, I know you're right because it is R. Yeah. In fact. Yeah. <laughs> And that's what it says on the rating. Too many F-bombs. Yeah, too many. Yeah, sorry, guys. Too many on this one. Too many bombs. Why'd they do that? So this is our first Mel movie. Crazy. This is our first Danny movie. Not as crazy, crazy. but still crazy. This is our first Gary movie. Perhaps perhaps the most surprising of all. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And this was supposedly like a brought his career back like he had already bombed before this why don't we do a gary Busey series called (laughs) now Busey me (laughs) (laughs) but we'd have to say everything like up at the front it sounds like matthew mcconaughey wearing dentures yeah (laughs) dude so bad was he i'm just gonna blow this question up right here is he the guy that his daughter was dating is that we're supposed to think yes (laughs) really i think so yeah. Oof. That's a tough one to swallow. Maybe? I don't know. That part was... <laughs> <laughs> Leave that in. Uh, that part was confusing. Yeah. That part was... <laughs> like, it was just hard for me to get through. <laughs> so, this movie was written by one of my favorites, Shane Black. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think knowing that put me in the wrong headspace to enjoy this movie. Oh, no. Yeah, Because Shane Black, in my experience, minus the Predator misstep recently, Shane Black, in my experience, is consistently so funny yeah, and quick in his dialogue that I was like, give me the snappy stuff. I, I agree. I was expecting something a lot snappier. And we yeah. came in and I was like, this is fine. I don't know. I was yeah. um, Murdoch Riggs. Back and forth is fun, but that's yeah. about all you get. The, the, the recurring, uh, you want me to drive is very funny. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and then there's little moments like, uh, he three stooges, the guys, uh, at the Christmas tree farm and then goes yeah. back home and three stooges on his TV. Yeah. But then it's the audio of Looney Tunes, which is weird. Um, yeah. 
But so there's little stuff like that that's very fun. And like you get the Shane Black. It's always Christmas time. Yep. It's always hey, LA. Real quick, all three of our Saturday afternoons have been Christmas flicks. Did you guys notice that it was Christmas in First Blood? Yeah. Oh my Christmas there's a Christmas tree in the sheriff's office. So do you think month. there's something to be said for setting a movie at a highly recognizably decorated holiday? I guess. I, don't I know. think Christmas is just the most stressful time of year for dads, and that's when they want to unleash their action that hero. That could be <laughs> it. I think that's Probably the whole point it. of it. Is we know but, our audience, and we know dads are stressed on Christmas. I don't know. I was just thinking through, like, <laughs> there's just a lot of movies. Not every movie, obviously, but there's a ton of movies I really like that are set around major holidays. No, I think it is every movie. Every Tell me more about how world. it's every yeah. movie that's set at Christmas. <laughs> well, you know, it's <laughs> not, not, that not it's even just Christmas, movie. just major holidays. Yeah. Um, just thought that was interesting. There's so many Christmas Batman movies. Yeah. Like you at least see Christmas yeah. once. Well, I mean, I think that's, so there's the interesting conversation of, of shorthand. Like a good example is when Hercules in, in the Disney animated Hercules, when he gets on his knees and prays like a Christian to talk mm -hmm. to Zeus. Yeah. That's not something that a Grecian fellow would do. He would right. bring a goat or something and, and right. sacrifice it. But <laughs> different movie. <laughs> that's shorthand for the audience to know, okay, he's being this penitent, is, yeah. he's being pious, he's praying. Right. And I think something about Christmas is shorthand for like, we understand what's happening in the world, what kind of things are pulling our characters away from the pressures of the plot, what other things they're thinking about. Yeah. There's something so. that, yeah, having it during Christmas does adds kind of like an overlay of tension and also like juxtaposition of all the yeah. bad that's happening. Well, and I think Shane Black has, I've never heard this said explicitly, but he tends to set his movies for the most part in LA and around Christmas time. And I wonder if he just has something in his head about LA at Christmas time. It's not cold. There's no snow. It's not really rain. Like yeah. if it's the juxtaposition there, I don't know. Yeah. The kind of disillusionment of like, it's not like Christmas <laughs> is supposed to be. So this is going to be a really weird Christmas. Right. Yeah. yeah. But he also in, I would say a majority of his movies includes LA Christmas and something to do with like, Drugs being run through or crime being like a run shady through. Business, man. It's always like adult content. Like it's yeah. always something along those lines. Um, and I wonder if it's just because he has this fascination with how much CD stuff can go on inside of that industry. I don't know what yeah. it is. Yeah. But you think about Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, the nice guys, this movie, like they're even all, Iron Man Three. Yeah. I mean, it's it's so interesting to yeah. me. I, I love when directors have a calling card. That's very fun. But all that to say, this had so many ingredients of a Shane Black movie, and I think it was the direction that it lacked for me. It's Richard Donner, who who did Christopher Reeve's Superman. Yeah. So we know him from. Yeah, I, I think it was lacking his touch in the director's chair for me. Yeah, I think so too, because it didn't, it didn't necessarily lean into that, like, not a surrealism, but lean into that, like, that slick pastiche that all yeah. Shane Black movies have. Right. Because it had, you know, there's the screaming saxophone. Eric Clapton, by the way. Yeah. Which is weird. Almost didn't work for me. Same. Almost too much. Yeah. But there's sometimes that I was like, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. That I was just, uh, I was just like, if you were to look over, I'm like biting bottom lip, eyes almost closed. Yeah, like just 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 sway, just swaying. Just lay but except what's funny long. is like what's on the screen is like a burning car. <laughs> like people are dying. And I'm like, yes. So yes. is there something about this movie being the Rosetta Stone for Buddy Cop movies that makes it feel played out, even though it was the I think first? it's the Seinfeld effect. I really do, where it's like Seinfeld is not funny to somebody who watches it for the first time now mm -hmm. because everything has is referential to about Seinfeld. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, and it was tough to do that. Like, it was tough to just watch it as the first. Right. Like, buddy cop. 
type thing in a different way that it was tough to say this was Bruce Willis's first action movie and died right. hard, right? Because, um, I mean, it is just so beautifully 80s, though. I mean, the oh, font, yeah. as soon as you see it. It's aggressively Mel's 80s. Mel's hair, yeah. like, so Mel's much hair of it. is amazing. Is that a wig? Is that his real hair? So. That's his real That's hair. That's wild. Flew that in from Sydney for filming. Yeah, for like, real. Um, yeah. There's just so much I like about it, but it does do that. I mean, it's interesting that you brought that up because I was like, wow, so tropey. I was like, yeah. wait. It started the trope. This is the creator. Right. It, it was just hard for me to separate at some points. While we're talking about Mel and Sydney, can we talk about his American accent? At the very beginning is its worst, but yeah. it, it feels it, like he picks up on it. It gets better. Like the first couple lines he says, you're like, is this the first one you filmed? Like, are you <laughs> yeah. filming chronologically? Take one. Because yeah. it's getting better. But at the beginning, it was bad. It was really at bad. the Christmas tree I understand farm. him. This is like it his is horrible. Uh, third or fourth big movie. And the other ones don't even necessarily count as American because it was like George Miller. He was doing, he had done Road Warrior before this. Yeah. And I think he had done three, three Mad Max movies before this one. Really? I think, I think he had already done, yeah, he had done okay. Road Warrior, um, Thunderdome, whatever the other one is. I can't remember. Three Mad, Three Max. Mm-hmm. Which those are good. I, I can't believe you haven't seen those, but. Yeah, it's true. It's a good point. Very, very George Miller. I mean, at the beginning. Yeah. So, so, uh, I already started this movie at a disadvantage, I think, mm. because I, I was going in with Shane Black expectation and I was going in with, without preparing myself that, oh yeah, this movie spawned a lot of what I've enjoyed in other movies. And so I think I just went in with like the wrong expectation set because not to play my cards too soon, but this was just fine to me. I feel the same way. I think there's a part of me that, was disappointed with first blood last week and I was really looking, looking forward to recapturing that die hard high. Yeah. I think we started so strong with die hard. These dads are going to have a hard time keeping up. Yeah. I think it'll end well too. Yes. Um, I mean, yeah. I think ultimately like having a buddy cop in data day afternoon and the OG feels very necessary. But my thing just as yours was, uh, the writer and to see that like all the, all the things that culminated into kind of setting it up to not be as good of an experience. I mean, it is diehard. Um, I'll tell you my super pump, though, is whatever whatever outside influence turned Mel Gibson into Riggs and Bruce Willis into McLean. Because the funny thing is they were going to, these were filmed almost at the same time. Hmm. They were going to play the opposite role. Like, Mel was asked first for Die Hard. Really? Bruce was asked first to play rigs in lethal weapon no way and both of them said no i feel like i want to do the other one and whatever that was interesting yeah which it does feel like a more ethereal super pump sure that oh, I, feels massively influential to action absolutely. movies absolutely yeah in general not that i can't see either of those guys playing those roles i actually can and i think they would have success but it totally changes their career absolutely it totally changes their career so yeah that that is my decision because i do really like there's parts of me that wanted to pump like Glover and, and Gibson are really strong. I Their chemistry is yeah. great. They're, They're really, really good. good. And I went back and forth between like. That is my super pump. Really? Is their chemistry and their relationship yeah. with each other. I, I really totally good. buy the way that it develops over the film. and that Because there's some that don't do it well where it's like by the end of the movie, there's no way that I could believe that you guys are friends. But I really do buy it here. Same. And I almost pumped either of them at one point. Like I was like, it's going to be Glover. Yeah. And then I was like, nope, it's going to be Mel. I'm definitely going to pump Mel on this one. But it ended up being, you know what I said, but yeah, that totally makes sense for the chemistry in general. It made me think of 
um, you know, you talk about Buddy Cop. That has to have some influence on Hobbs and Shaw. Like even oh, yeah. to that point of like the bickering back and forth and just the consistent like one of them is clearly going about things a different way than the other. I sure. think, okay, this might be heretical. I think Hobbs and Shaw might be the most accurate comparison to this movie if you strip the fact that it spawned the buddy cop genre. Because I think, like, if 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 34 years from now, if our children are doing a podcast and they're talking about Hobbs and Shaw, they're going to be very bored by it. And I think they're going to be like, well, I was expecting, like, something a little slicker and, like, or, or whatever they're expecting mm. – but for us, like we're hearing it and the effects and something about it is so specifically tailored to our interests right now. Yeah. It was very fun. That it's very yeah. fun. No, I agree with and that. And I wonder if that's how dads felt about, uh, or anybody, I guess, who liked, who loved this when it came out. It's just like, man, this cutting edge is exactly what I'm into right now. And it's just, I think, so a product of its time in the the music, in the, the style, even the stylistic choices of the movie and the way that it's edited and the way the dialogue is mixed and the way the performances are played, that something about it just has not quite aged as well. Yeah, as I think for sure. Yeah, I think I agree with that. I can see that. Absolutely. I mean, I, I think I came in uh, thinking I was going to rate it one thing and then it, it definitely changed mm. by, by about midway. Um, it was a $15 million movie that made 120. Wow. Um, wow. And so it did. I only looked that up because we were talking about like in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. People were like, oh my God, this is amazing. Exactly. Sure. Uh, <laughs> is it like how the world felt about Avatar? Right. Where it's like in the moment <laughs> it explodes. Everybody's like, this is the best thing I've ever seen. Yep. Right. And then now, 10 years later, everybody's like, oh yeah, remember Avatar? Well, uh, what, is it, what is it that makes, not to derail too much, but what is it that makes Die Hard hold up so well? What is it? Why is it that I watch Die Hard for me personally and I'll, I go, that's still the greatest action movie of I'll all time? I'll say my super pump. I mean, my super dump is what I should say. Mm. Uh, and I know we're bouncing all over the place. No, with it's this okay. Movie. It's the villain. Like my yeah. super dump. Oh yeah. The difference point. is Hans Gruber. 100%. Yeah. yeah. There is nothing. It's, it's just like a crazy thing. And it makes the pace seem incredibly long because there's also something about, we talked about being in a one building, the whole movie. Yeah. It is there. Yeah. I know the stakes. I am familiar with everything that's going on. This yeah. felt like when it feels like a really wild. intimate conflict, even though there's not as much of a personal connection, it yeah. feels like a more intimate conflict lock yeah. than this movie does. My specific super dump. It's specific. It is the stupid seventh, eighth grade burning of the arm of Joshua. What on earth is intimidating about that? When he right. has the lighter, it's all yeah. so weird. I think it's supposed to be like, this guy would do anything for me, even let me burn his arm. But We're about to watch a movie where like, there's yeah, another way to way intimidate better. people as to yeah. the lengths right. that a villain is willing to go. He's just, but it, like Busey's not even just taking it. He's actually feels like he's in pain. So at least there's so many things wrong about that scene. Yeah. Do it well. Just have it. Have him smile. Yeah. Have him laugh. Like have him do something really wild. Yeah. Instead of just barely making it through someone deciding Busey to burn his like, arm. Like budget Ivan Drago. <laughs> yeah. Just like, hey, I love Ivan Drago. Do you think Gary Busey could do something similar to that? And Busey's like, yeah, I could definitely do something similar to that. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> Carter, my my super dump is very similar to yours, and Doge, my super pump is very similar to yours. I'm gonna wait on them because they come at specific wow, moments. Wow. But, but I really agree with you guys. Ooh, what a good trailer. <laughs> and, and what I wanted to talk about was so after um, we get our characters, they meet each other we find out where everybody lives kind of what their home life is we set them up a little bit and then they go out on uh, the call for the jumper on the building yep and um, that's sort of their first real thing they do together no 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 is this after they go to the the drug house no this is okay. before so yeah then uh, they go to the building and um Riggs 
gets up. I'm sorry, not Riggs. No, yeah, Riggs yep. gets up and uh, climbs the building, handcuffs himself to the jumper and jumps off to save him. Unorthodox, yeah, I would say. <laughs> yeah. A little out there, Riggs. But, you know, if, if it works, I guess it works. But then we go to dinner at the Murtaugh house. It's one of the best scenes in the movie. Yeah, it's this great. Is good. This is when I now believe the chemistry between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This sets up my belief in everything else that happens to them for the rest of this movie. Yeah. Drawing them closer rather than pushing them apart. And it's all because of this dinner, which I think is a very fun scene. Mm-hmm. Um, not for the girl flirting with the full adult that creeps me out. I know it was a different time. Still uncomfortable. Yeah, more than that different. This is. 1986, right? Yeah, it's gross. It's pretty gross. Yeah. No, that's still not cool then. (laughs) You know, I take it back. The the young person having a crush on an older person, that's not creepy. His reaction to it is creepy. Yeah. Because the first part, that's going to happen. But him, I always thought he was doing that to dig on Murtaugh. Definitely. Still creepy, though. Oh, yeah. Definitely. For sure. Murtaugh is supposed to be thinking it's creepy. Um, But it it all culminates in them just like sitting in this boat that's in the driveway, not going anywhere. And I just, I loved that. Yeah. I loved that. And well, that, that was the first time in the movie that I started to be like, okay, I'm on. The boat yeah. felt like a metaphor for their jobs. I mean, it was just like Riggs just has a way and he's like, this is, you're just trying to play it safe. And I think you're kind of going into it, which yeah. I mean, Murtaugh shows his chops. He's a good cop. He's just, right. He just is so close to the, what he thinks is the end. Yeah. And he wants to just stay unscathed. And then here comes a absolute, pig pen to come in and just kind of mess up <laughs> right from, from peanuts yeah from yeah. snoopy yeah the dirt cloud yes exactly and yep. you're like well i can't i will not stay clean like i'm getting dirty <laughs> yeah. it's gonna be a hair it's a heroin cloud in this one though <laughs> yeah for sure speaking of heroin clouds uh can you think of a much worse way to die than taking two to the chest and then drowning in a plastic bag boy that was that was rough that made me warm i was antsy <laughs> i was antsy <laughs> that made my head itch yeah yeah it was that was bad. That's tough. There's I think one thing I do like about this that still holds up are some of the surprises. Like in terms of the um didn't expect that to blow up and yeah. didn't think they'd get shot at and some of that kind of stuff, which is fun. It's not as predictable as I remembered it. Um and so I did enjoy that about it. Yeah, no, I I more agree. than just whatever whatever character building they're doing for yeah. Riggs. He's supposed to be like, what is he doing? Oh yeah. But, but like her her house blowing up when they show up. And I really enjoyed um Murtaugh's conversation with the kids on the side of the fire truck. Yeah, like, for sure. I think that was it was kind of sweet. It was kind of fun to see him like he's got kids. He knows how to talk to kids. I think that was really interesting. Um I actually wish that they had taken the time to dive into the um do cops shoot black people conversation mm-hmm. with the kid? Mm-hmm. I think it was, and maybe that just wasn't as much of a conversation at that time in the eighties, but I think watching it now, it was like, man, you've got, you know, you've got Murtaugh right there with these kids. I don't know. It just yeah. seemed like it would have been a really great moment to have that conversation, but maybe that wasn't the right time. And yeah. what is this? 84, 87, 87. Yeah. Maybe that just wasn't the right time. I don't, I don't know. know if we can call it not the right time. I think that puts a weird influence on culture. Like sure. The right time should have, it should have never existed. Sure. Exactly. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I, I yeah. totally hear it's, you. And but I know that's not where you're going to, but it's wasn't like part of the public conversation. That's, yeah. that's more yeah. what I mean. Like with, with how much that conversation Or how we have happens. more movies that are pointed around it. Sure. Writ, written around that specifically. With that conversation, it feels like watching it with 2020 eyes, 2020 vision, mm-hmm. I guess. Ooh. Is good. Ooh. Ooh. Watching it with 2020 vision. I was like, Oh man, like what a missed opportunity yeah. here for like a really great mm-hmm. scene. I don't know. It yeah. Been cool. I don't know that the movie can contain that either. You know what Correct. I mean? Like there's yeah. like, this is 
fun and thin. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, right. But to me, it's like, oh, but why go there then? Like, if you're yeah, not yeah. going to walk down that path, it yeah, feels yeah. like a weird door to just like kick open and then be <laughs> like, just know that that's there. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't have much to do with that conversation in general, but I do like that we have uh, the buddy cop film, the one that kind of made the genre is a white guy and a black guy, but it's not throwing in tropes of like, we're racial. different. Yeah. Yeah. You know, no, like, like that's that never lot. even a conversation. Yeah. And that's honestly how it should be depicted over saying like, I didn't expect that from a white person. Yeah. Right. Or like, you know, so I'm, I'm kind of glad that was avoided. I think there's a certain things that need to be talked about. And then some of the stuff that it's like, I think there's some strength to it not being talked about. Yeah. Cause yeah. it should just be normal. But yeah. And maybe, maybe we're giving too little or not enough credit to someone somewhere along the chain that made those decisions. But um, I think you're right. I think it, it could have gone a very different way. Yeah. And so, I mean, glad it didn't, but um, yeah, I think those moments of surprise are, are super interesting in this movie. The, the, the house explosion, the sniper in the helicopter at the uh, memorial ceremony. I mean, they just show up. Yeah. This villain comes out of nowhere. Joshua's everywhere, always. Yeah, Joshua too, huh? I mean, that's a weird one. Feels like they could have landed on maybe. I think a- they wanted it to stick. Yeah. I think they wanted you to like, but it's just, is it too normal of a name? Is that why it's not working for me? <laughs> I think it works if we're if we clearly understand that it's an alias. And they're using like Old Testament religious iconography and like this is Joshua and he calls the commander Moses or something. You know what I mean? Right. Like yeah, if it's yeah, like, that's great. like themed out and we really lean into it, that really works for it's me. Really it makes it feel like intimidating and organized. But Joshua's a weird name for yeah. this nearly clear boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, but they they take out uh Murtaugh's old friend. His old uh, war buddy. Which Murtaugh wasn't feeling too bad about it after it happened. No, for real. Like, well, you got what you deserve. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Heroin man. That bad candy. Yeah. Giving people bad candy. <laughs> That's what happens to you. That's what you get. Is there much influence to knowing that there was another daughter? We don't ever see her. No, I thought that was supposed to be it's a big twisty reveal. twin thing, right? Because they show in the, the same- yearbook like it's going to be a thing. Yeah, maybe it got cut. It was definitely not a thing. Like, yeah, not <laughs> yeah. at all. We get the yearbook and he's I like, have I have another daughter. daughter. Protect her. And he's like, uh, where is she at though? Is the what's thing. she up to? Yeah, what's her deal? She doesn't seem like you're that concerned about her. Nope. No, that is, that yeah. is that that's a thread that was just sort of dropped. I feel and should it have did been feel like that cut. was supposed to be a big reveal though, right? Of like, oh yeah, of like, oh she's not dead. Joshua's his daughter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dad, I pushed my sister out the building. I'm sorry, I pushed my sister out the building. I pushed my sister out the building. <laughs> I'm sorry I shot you, Dad. <laughs> this is how it's got to be, Father. <laughs> Man, I can't get over that it was Gary Busey. I'm sorry. I yeah. can't get past it. Yeah. Nope. I cannot get past it's it. It's right up there if it was like Carrot Top. <laughs> just a big old hammer. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, what is this guy doing? Shooting Gallagher, whatever. Anyway. Yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff that ages in a very strange way in this movie, but Gary Busey's got to be number one for mm-hmm. me, like mm-hmm. in yeah. the whole list. What a bizarre casting choice. I mean, and his son just looks like him, but with a rounder face. That has nothing to do with anything, but I just think it's interesting. <laughs> okay, cool. Speaking of things that have nothing to do with anything, I think it's time that we uh, pull off for a rest stop, refuel our bones. Refuel. Refuel. In the uh, shout out to me. And welcome to Shout Announcements. It's the part of the show where we give shout outs and make announcements. Now do that on every word. That gave me bad chills. 
this ooh, ooh. week? <laughs> no, I'm not going to do that. That's terrible. Hey, we have a Patreon. If you're not part of it, please do be. Please do be part of it. Don't be uh, Patreon. Get yes. your get your Patreon. It's awesome. We've got bonus stuff. For instance, this last week we just put out our episode reviewing Parasite. Mm, mm. It is all in Korean, though. You have to download the subtitles. Yeah, we did learn a lot of Korean. Download the subtitles. So, yes. um, yeah, you can listen to the English only version on uh, Patreon. Yeah, we, we got have the, completely different people dub over. Yeah, us. the dubbed version is up yeah. on Patreon. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> it's, it's really interesting. Uh, hey, should we do a dub of of Parasite? Just the three of us. I think that'd be great. People are asking for it. Yeah, it seems like everybody totally really wants that. Nope. <laughs> hey, but I know what you're thinking. With with that great stuff, it's got to be crazy expensive, right? It well, is. Wrong. It's pretty Outrageous. Expensive. It's expensive. You're ridiculous. It's very expensive. The cost is uh, $3. That's 300 pennies a month. That's how are you going to find that many pennies? I don't even think there's that many in circulation. Scrounge around. You know what I'm saying? Every <laughs> penny in America. Maybe so. We'll get you one month of our content. <laughs> Dig through every cushion. Climb every mountain. <laughs> Does do you have stuff? Are those lyrics? Maybe. I feel very inspired. Every cushion. You have to have that kind of vibrato if you sing that song. <laughs> <laughs> the sun is setting on Saturday afternoon. Mm. We're about to have to go inside. The grass is cut and it's getting too dark to work on the weeds. About to throw some ribs on the grill. <laughs> exactly. Those should have been on hours ago. These are flash, flash fried ribs. Okay. Gross. We got to go inside now. We can't mow anymore. And it's time to go inside and maybe watch a movie family with the family. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so we're super excited to tell you what we're doing next. And we're finally going there, guys. We're going to review some Pixar movies. Yes, we are. Our brand new series, which is called Pixar Picks. Pick what picks your Pixar Pixar. And in case that wasn't clear, we'll say the name of that series one more time. It is Pixar Picks. Pick what picks your Pixar Pixar. Mm, very simple. I, I don't know how it could be any more clear. For real. I think we're going for clarity over cutesiness here, and I think sure. we've really nailed it on this yeah, one, Yeah, literal. Um, but yeah, the so- acronym for that is... <laughs> <laughs> There's a W in there somewhere. And a Y. Well, I did it. I definitely did it. I heard it. Uh, but you may be hearing that pick is a key word and a key sound that's repeated a lot in this series title, and that's because you, our dear listeners, do get to pick what picks... Your picks are picks are. <laughs> Thank you. If you follow us on social media, you saw yesterday that our poll opened for this. You get to pick from all 21 Pixar movies. You're going to pick seven of them. Man. And those seven movies are going to be our Pixar picks. Now, within that 21, there are a handful of series. Yeah. So your the Toy way, Stories, your Cars, absolutely. your Monsters, Inc. The way we've decided to do that is whatever gets the most amount of votes in that series will be the one, if it has enough, that we will review. Meaning, like, if Toy Story 1, 2, and 3 are three of the top seven, we will not review every Toy Story movie. Correct. We will make sure to spend time, obviously, on Dissecting canon, the entire story. To respect story. the lore. Speaking of respect, we do really respect our official chunkies. And because of that, you get one of those Patreon rewards we promised you. You get to vote twice in this Ooh. poll. Two votes. So not only do you get to make your voice heard, but you get to say it again louder for the people in the back. Mm, that's true. Wait, does our vote open on Super Tuesday? No, it doesn't. Wait, no, it doesn't. You got any more? Nope. Wait. Wait. Yeah, it doesn't. And speaking of waiting, wait right there, because Dad's ain't done yet. Mm-mm. We still got one more week of Dadder Day afternoon before we jump headfirst into Pixar. 
We're still going to touch Terminator Ooh. 2. That's right. Judgment, Judgment Day. Day. More like Judgment Dad. Nice. Oh, Judgment Dad. Those exist. <laughs> uh, we have a special guest for my announcements. Gotta thank you for introducing me to the pod. I would like to say, don't forget to um, rate and you must review the podcast. Uh, if you I can't do that for it's too Arnold Walken. It is Arnold Walken. <laughs> <laughs> Christopher Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Chris Schwarzenegger. Um, yeah, don't forget to rate and review the podcast, just like my good friend Chris just told us. Uh, that would be great for us. Thanks. Follow us on Instagram, too. Follow us on Twitter. Speaking of following us, here we go. Walking on back. Uh, Walking. Back to the show. We're back. What Holy was moment. that? I don't even know if that's going to make it. It was just into a wind-up. Microphone voices. Hey, yeah, it was uh, <laughs> throat singing. I was just throat singing. Don't worry. Tibetan throat podcasting is a really new entry into the art form, but I think it's going to take off. Yeah. The alternative is not singing with your throat. You Tibetia. So after uh, the assassination of Murtaugh's friend at the memorial for his uh, only daughter, apparently... <laughs> The one he likes. <laughs> yeah, the, the one he one. cares about. He only likes the one who makes Wii Sports movies. The other one who's presumably living a great life, he doesn't care about. Correct. She's safe. We just get to know that she is safe in the end. Um, after that, they go decide to canvas some prostitutes, and then Riggs gets shot through a window. Yep. And something interesting happens here. Riggs gets shot through Wins, a window. Riggs gets shot through a window. <laughs> they set up a really cool thing and then do nothing with it, which is they don't know that I'm alive. They think yep. I'm dead. I don't and think they like, do nothing with it. I think they absolutely do nothing with what? it. He could have snuck into the bushes alive. <laughs> I mean, what is that? <laughs> he just sneaks off to a different part of the desert. He could have gotten out of the car but alive. They're not, but they're not thinking that he's there. They don't think to check. But that's the thing. They don't think to check. Far, far away in the desert. Because right. no dead man would be out there. Oh, no. Like, You're that's, uh, it's just I see like, your point to it. So this is, this is where things get uh, a little, a little interesting for, for old Jordan. I'm going to one, two punch. Super boom, pump, boom. super dump. Ooh, back to back. Ooh, ooh, ooh. My super pump for this whole movie is back at the Murtaugh house. The Christmas lights are on. They're, they're aglow in the light of Christmas light. And they're getting their plan together to go get Murtaugh's daughter back. This feels so good. Yeah. The planning, the, oh, we're about to go get them. They answer the phone. They hang it up. They've got a plan. They have a meeting place. They're talking about, you know, this is going to get crazy. You know, people are going to die here. You know, we might not make it out of this. All in that wash of the Christmas lights in the dark living room, that is fun. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And I was, my, my expectations soared sky high. That's my super pump. And then we just sort of drive into the desert, meet a helicopter, and stuff goes crazy. That, That's my yeah. super dump. Oh, my gosh. Um, and it ties in with Doge <laughs> what you're talking ridiculous. about, which is that this villain does... Who is this guy? I don't understand. He's got a helicopter. He's all for fanfare, isn't he? Yeah, but for seemingly no payoff. And, like, they bring the daughter. Like, all this stuff is driving up, but the music is like... It's like this, like... Right. Yeah. <laughs> Aggressive jazz. I think it's because I think it's because we have a really hard time defining our protagonist's wants versus their needs. Yeah. Because in a story like this, that's where the conflict, the growth should occur. 
Um, think about, we already talked about Hercules. Think about Aladdin. Aladdin wants to appear rich. He needs to learn to accept himself. And the conflict arises in a, in a hero's journey type of story from the tension between those two goals. If we want to show these people working together, hero's journey is probably not the ve- best vehicle, but what do either of them want? Right. I can't articulate what they want. Right. right. They want to stop the bad guy, but that's a poor conflict lock because that's their job description, not their personhood. It feels like maybe Murtaugh's daughter should have been kidnapped at the beginning of the movie. It feels like maybe Riggs's, da- Riggs's wife should have been killed in a kidnapping. Yeah. And he's really personal. And he's like, I'm not going to let, I'm not going to let you become me because it sucks to be me. I don't want this to be anybody else's story. Yeah. Yeah. This whole thing in the desert is just so strange. We've got the gas grenade that looks like a regular grenade. And I don't know what his plan was. I don't know why there had to be gas before he started sniping from the bushes. And I don't know how the dude got over to Riggs so fast to put the gun (laughs) up to him. And it seems like a he helicopter. had a clear shot at the big bad multiple times. It feels like from here on out, it feels like the movie's three hours long from here to the end. Yeah. So this much felt more like stuff it was happens never going to end. It is so messy, but in an unrealistic way, right? It's messy and not realistic. Like right. yeah. the, the plan that comes together, which the plan backfires and they get out in a way another way through torture like doesn't the doesn't the helicopter and the desert and the the big cars and the the crew of the final showdown and then like the torture doesn't it feel like the villain should have be like missing an eye with a scar and an eye patch and be like oh yes you've come to the final showdown like yeah yeah, 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 yeah. it feels like that but it's just some dude yeah whose name by the way i don't remember Besides no. the code name Moses, do we ever get his real name? Or we don't Moses even, isn't even that's a code not the name. movie. He said that would have been a good idea. I said that not. should have been what it was. Oh, you implanted an idea in my brain. I accepted you, dude. Yeah, that yeah. doesn't even exist. Yeah. See, that's how little I remember about this guy. Yeah. Um. So yeah, my unfortunately my super dump is much stronger than my super pump here because this this really fell flat for me at this point. Yeah. Um. The torture scene seems weird to me. That they were like, no normal man could withstand like this much punishment for so he long. He must be crazy. <laughs> he must be crazy. Because We've got you know two repeats what... from Die Hard. Did you notice that? Uh-uh. We've got the guy that tortured Smell Gibson. And then we have... Oh, the yeah. guy that eats the crunch bar? Uh-huh. He's the guy at the desk. When he's like, like posted like, up. Like steals the candy and Die Hard. very funny. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yes. And then we have um, the guy who's one of the FBI agents works with uh, Murtaugh. Oh, what? Yeah. You remember? Uh-huh. One of the guys that flies in. Wait, 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 wait. Either Big or Little Johnson. Yeah, I think yeah. it's. I can't. I think Whoa. it's Little. Oh man! So he must have just gone from set to set. Both Shared of universe confirmed. I mean, one hundred percent. That would be fun. Same city. A team up would be very cool. Yes. Just while all this is happening, <laughs> Nakatomi Plaza is exploding. And the guy who tortures Mogensen is also. I think. Did we say he's Genghis Khan from Bill and Ted? Uh-huh. Yeah, he is. Wow. What a great career. What a career for that guy, right? He, he, he's, he <laughs> yeah. totally Probably did. very literally. <laughs> totally did. So yeah, the, the torture seems weird. And then like... The torture's yeah, hard to follow. This kind of turns into a superhero movie at the end. It does a little like, bit. He shouldn't be able to... He's more than a man. Yeah. He's crazy. And then they bust into the nightclub and just like shoot the first guy they see. And yeah, then they that's cut awful. over and it's a full nightclub full of people. <laughs> yeah, and they're not doing anything yet. But they still dance after they shoot the first that's guy. What, that's what I'm saying. They're still partying. They're like, one guy dead still can party. Well, I probably. guess they didn't hear it. Is that what we're supposed to think? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. And then I, I, now I do. But love- the guy, hold up though. <laughs> the, this guy that gets shot at the bar is the worst actor. Like, 
we've talked about in movies before that like you can just point to somebody and be like, you're the worst thing about this movie. <laughs> you don't belong. But he like, he's so blocked. Like he's doing his blocking. Like I'm sure that door <laughs> opens all the time. What about the sound of this door or the schedule of knowing when that door's supposed to open, I guess, makes him pull a gun and try and shoot immediately? Dude, he doesn't even get a chance to look at the door. His tumble down those stairs, if that's not a stunt guy, he, hospital. I think it was the same, same actress from Parasite that did that. Flew right. down those basement <laughs> stairs. Dude, he like thudded at the bottom of those steps. Like I said out loud, oh, <laughs> whoa, whoa. So I do love the police cruiser the through the window. <laughs> Ganondorf. Yeah. I do love the police cruiser through the window with the Christmas tree at the Murtaugh house. Yes. I think that was yeah. very fun and unique. Here's what I don't like. So this movie, <laughs> the whole time we have a goal. And by the whole time, I mean the last about 15 minutes, we have a goal. And the goal is to get daughter back. We get daughter back and then we go to the house and then Joshua's there. And then Mel Gibson's like, I got this. And then he fist fights. And then everybody's like, yeah, that makes sense. Let him duke it out. This is my super dump. We don't need mud wrestling. What is <laughs> happening at the end of this movie? Yeah. This is absolutely bananas. No, I did like, okay, I to be fair, I did I like mean, the, no, not even worth it, and gets up and doesn't kill him. But, but that's like, not presented as the the natural, like, if his right. whole thing was like, I can't help killing people, I need to stop killing people, it's just this dang addiction I can't break. Yeah. Then this represents a moment of cathartic growth for him, but it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, it, it makes very much sense, what you have said. It makes perfect sense that this is ridiculous. But this is also what qualified it for this series. Like, yeah, right. This exactly. Is, this right. is John Rambo shooting a whole town. Yeah. yeah. Like, you're right. <laughs> it's well, this so is, like, what is this? This is Idris Elba's motorcycle that's like his pet in yeah, Hobbs and yeah, Shaw. Yeah, yeah, where right. it's like, that's amazing. And yeah, then in 30 why? years, people are going to be like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> but here's the thing. Why is that in the movie? May, I hope in the 80s that people were like, the choreography of that fight scene was incredible. It looked like two grown men slap boxing in front they of a house to me. They did spend a lot of time writing and prepping like whatever training Mel Gibson's character was supposed to have. That was good the on most, him, I guess. All of the, most of the IMDb trivia was about like this mix. Like they went and, and talked to all these professional fighters and it was going to be a mix of these three things and did not, did not land very well. I guess what? I don't care at all. Yeah, it's so sure. boring. I like the, the, the rain wasn't rain and it was an exploded hydrant. And I like that the lights from the police cars made it look interesting. Like that's fun. Um, it was just like, it it felt like it went on for a very long time. It was a very long fight. And it wasn't, for me, visually interesting beyond that it looked kind of pretty at some Drowning points. in a puddle is terrifying. Yeah, that was... But he it, tried to do there. That end. didn't last long enough. Yeah. You know? It was like the, yeah. the, the ratios were off. It was like the actual intense moment lasted about a second and then two grown men slap boxing in front of a house on Christmas. I was so bored by this. Yeah. Know? Uh, do like Murtaugh just shooting that car coming at him and doing his little, which, which has us, uh, go back to, we haven't talked about the shooting range. I think that's worth talking about. Oh yeah. In that this is super episode. fun. That's great. Yeah. That's like that face. whole scene yeah. is so fun. Have a nice day. Like a lot of the posters for lethal weapon are that smiley face. Right. And it says, have a nice day as the tag. I thought they were going to, uh, I thought he was going to shoot a bunch of times and it was going to come back. He's like, you didn't even hit it one time. And then he's going to look and see that he shot through the exact hole that he shot. Like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That would have been fun. Robin Hood. Yeah. Yeah. Splits the arrow. Uh -huh. But no, I, d I did like the shooting range a lot. I thought that was very fun. Yeah. And I'll bring that up because we do get him to like 
pop his neck or whatever to shoot the car. It's all so fun. Yeah. So fun. Yeah. And that, the, those are the moments that kind of stuff and the recurring joke of, can I drive? You want me to drive? I can drive. And then he finally drives at the end. That's fun. Yeah. I enjoy that. And how they kept ha- looking at each other and be like, it's pretty thin, right? Yeah. That was good yeah. too. I love that. That yeah, stuff when, is fun. When they're like exhausted, he's like, that feels, yeah, that feels that like a good. Shane Blackism. Right. Right. So I was talking. What did one shepherd say to the other shepherd? That feels like Shane Black. That timing was bad. It was awful. I don't think Mel's very funny. Right. But. So I was talking to Callie while we were watching this or, or right after it ended. And I was like, and maybe we'll review this someday for some reason, but Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is my favorite Shane Black movie. It's so funny and it's so interesting. And there's there's a line in the movie where uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s character breaks down a fraction and he's like, uh, one out of six, so there's like a 33% chance. And Val Kimmer just stares at him and goes, who taught you math? Yeah. <laughs> and it's so quick and it's so funny. And it's those moments in that movie that make me love it so much. And then in this, that just wasn't present. Yeah. I don't know if it was because I don't know if the limitation was the director, the actors that Shane just didn't have the credit to swing around yet. I don't know what it was, but those moments that could have elevated this movie to like a really fun, funny movie to me just kind of weren't there. What did yeah. Richard Donner do between Superman one and this? Cause I wonder if that's part of it. Those moments might've been there. It just might not have been enough for us. I think the, the wife's cooking and all that kind of stuff was pretty funny. But yeah, it's just, it didn't feel like it landed as well as it thought it did. Yeah, Richard Donner really didn't do much besides the Goonies between Superman and this. And it feels like... But he's in the Goonies. He didn't write that. Oh yeah, I guess so. So it's not like, I don't know. I'm just trying to think of like a filmmaker who's just come off of making a very heavy-handed Christ allegory. Probably is not going to jive with Shane Black too much. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point. That is interesting, right? Like, Seems like a weird pairing. Richard Donner doesn't feel like the right guy to do this. At that time. And to no, me, so. to me, that becomes evident the further we go into this yeah. movie. Again, I, I I think I went in with wonky expectations to begin with. Yeah, I did too. But even even watching it, I was like, ah, this just doesn't. This feels like incongruous, maybe is the right word. Like it just it, it felt like a mismatch. Yeah, you're exactly right. Let's have a conversation only reserved for a podcast like ours. Sure. Let's separate ourselves from every other podcast that's existed and have the conversation around. How similar are action movies to musicals? Yeah. I'm being serious. Yeah. You yeah. have to put yourself in a state of, okay, this doesn't really happen ever in the world anywhere, but I get it. Like in musicals, it's the literal, like everyone's singing their lines. They're right. just, the highway in LA has stopped so that they, they can dance on their exactly. cars. In action movies, it's like, okay, well, the hydrant's blown. Uh, the lighting's good in a way that's not realistic. Like people don't put lights out that far. Sure. Like all these random things. And is that like, is there a similarity between the two that you just need I to go in with a complete, cause I feel like when you call it an action genre, it gets, it is some of the most saturated throughout the entire movie. Exactly. Like a musical is sure. Whereas drama is like, okay, like we can mix in some stuff here. It doesn't always have to be completely dramatic the whole time. I don't know. I think it's easy. I think musicals and, action spectacle movies run the same risk of falling apart in the same way where the main draw and the defining characteristic is these big set pieces. No. For musical, it's like the big, it's the song, you know, the I want song that starts off every Disney animated movie. It's, Mm -hmm. it's the big closing number at the end. Uh, And with action set pieces, it's like, you know, we traditionally have like four or five big set pieces that might be a poster or like, this is what the Lego said. This is what the toy is going to be from the movie. And if our characters enter those in one emotional state, 
and exit in the same emotional state, if we pause the story to watch the spectacle, I think that's a failure of that moment. Mm. Sure. It, it makes me think of, I'll use like, um, you brought up the car scene at the beginning of La La Land, so I'll just use that as a quick example. When I'm watching La La Land, and this could just be me, but when I'm watching that, I'm not going, man, in the universe of La La Land, traffic just stopped so everybody could get out and dance. What I'm watching is going, that is almost a personification of how somebody is feeling in that moment. It feels like, you know, we watch Frozen and Elsa sings a song. I'm not going, oh man, this is just a universe where people sing a lot so much as this is an artistic way of showing what she's going through through music. In an action movie, I'm not going, man, Riggs is mad at Joshua, so this is an artistic way of showing that they're settling their beef. They're just actually fist fighting in front of the house. That, that to me is where the separation goes. In a musical, as long as there's growth and a reason for the song, I can excuse almost anything because frequently in musicals, things go back to the way they were before the song in the world around it. You know, people clear off their lunch trays and just go back to business as usual, and it feels more like this is a, a metaphor for how they're feeling, and we get the singing, but the universe doesn't. You know, when when Troy goes home in High School Musical, he's not like, I sang a song in the cafeteria today. Yeah, He's just like, oh, I went through a thing. The song is just how we're the lens we're watching it through. But sure. in an action movie, we're not watching an internal struggle through the lens of action. We're watching them actually blow things up and punch yeah. things. Yeah. To me, that's where it falls apart. Yeah. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time trying to defend the last fight because I agree with everything that y'all said about it. But um, I think that with the setting that it's given, which is completely ridiculous to have all these people watch this fight, we do have, we see Murtaugh which we've kind of already seen up to this point because of everything that he's just letting Riggs run loose and he doesn't right. care. I'm already scratched. I'm not worried about that anymore. Uh, and then we're also seeing like, is this supposed to be a pivotal time that Riggs decides like, I'm, what am I thinking? Like trying to take my life. Like, right. Is the relationship with Murtaugh the new relationship? Like it, it's like this, is this his reason to stay alive? He's looking at his family and he's like, wow, how selfish have I been to think that I, I would take my life with this bullet at the beginning of that. And I give the bullet back. Right. And it's like, and he's going about to choke him out and we see a flip. And now Murtaugh is saying, end his life, kill him. Cause this is what Riggs has been teaching. Yeah. Like right. we've had three times. I don't remember what y'all usually call that, but like situations to where the roles are there and then it's reiterated and then it happens again. Yeah. A three beat. And then he doesn't. And then mm -hmm. Mel's the one who says, no, it's not worth it. Yeah. And then now we've got this collective. We are, we are bound not by blood, but by a simultaneous gunshot of buddy copped them to so kill I love, the, the I love that guy. moment. I love the two of them when Mel slides up and they both pull out and shoot. Yeah. Love that moment. I think that's great. I think that belongs here. Yeah. I don't it, think the final fight's completely worthless. I just think it looks ridiculous. That Okay. So that's my thing. I think it, it, there's a space for it, but it's like, can it be good? And maybe it was incredible when it came out. Sure. For, for Jordan, right. it did not age well at, <laughs> it yeah. feels like it, it was so boring to watch. It feels like we're trying to have a, four act structure the way Pixar typically does, which right. I guess teaser for some of our discussions in a month or so. Right. But uh, like think of the Incredibles when we save the city and we solve the big world ending threat. And then the stakes are really personal when syndrome takes Jack Jack and flies up into the sky. Right. It feels like we're trying to have a save the world moment and mm -hmm. then a like save the personal stakes moment. Yeah, but those set up better. They're not really super clear and there's no conflict lock between our protagonist and our antagonist. Mm -hmm, and right. then it's not really a save the world moment. It's already a personal moment. The reverse, yeah. the, the way to do that would have been have them stop the drug trafficking. And then Joshua calls them from Murtaugh's home. He got away and now he has the daughter. 
he's got their whole family or right. something. And so yeah, exactly. instead, instead of daughter and then go home and fight Joshua, it's fight the big bad. Joshua gets away, but hey, at least we saved the day. And then Murtaugh's phone rings and it's his wife. And she's like, there's a man in here. And now all of a sudden it's rushed to get home. It feels like it was reversed maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I think I agree. It's interesting. It's funny. It's good. I think it's been good. The movies that we've chosen to have a part of the series because they just feel like almost different genres. Yes, yeah. it's all dad or day. Yes, it's all action. But man, is there a way to do it really well? Yeah. And there's a lot of places to slip up. Well, and it's easy. It's really easy to be an armchair director. You know what I mean? Or like, a, <laughs> what do they call it? Like a Monday morning director? Yeah. yeah. Like it's really Monday easy morning to look football, at it. To be a football, football director. <laughs> it's really easy to look at it and go, well, this is how it should have been, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but it, this was 1987. Like. It, maybe it was incredible for them. But I that's what know. I'm saying. That's what's so tough is because Die Hard came out months later. And Die Hard, to me, holds up with the best of them. Exactly. So, I know. So it's, it's like. It's hard. It is. It is Die Hard. It's Die Hard. In yeah, fact. Even. But yeah, Did you know Mel, Mel and Bruce are also like six months apart in age? Really? So these two guys oh. were like flipped roles. So if you really choose to look at this like these two <sighs> movies are head to head in a battle, to me there's a clear winner. Oh no, gosh. I don't think it's a head to head thing. Right, but if you're just saying like these are two paths that mm-hmm. either of them could have taken, they diverge in the wood and the wood is lethal weapon or die hard. Right, right. <laughs> um but anyway, I think it's time to rate this movie. I think so. And we here at Two Chunks and a Hunk have the perfect way of doing that. The scientific cinema scale, which is as follows. The best thing we could ever say about a movie is own it, don't lend it. Buy that poster. After that, it's going to be buy it. Followed by rent it and then stream it. After that is forget it. And last but certainly least, the worst thing we could ever say about a movie. God, God hath forsaken, forsaken us. Let me go first. Okay. I grew up on Lethal Weapon, mm-hmm. but it's a stream. Okay. I streamed this movie. Um, this is sad. I feel like I'm having to sit down with a good friend and like we it's a one-on-one anymore. intervention. Yeah. Yeah. It just doesn't do it. I think... It is important. And sometimes I bump up in the ratings a movie if it's important to like culture and filmmaking because I have to give it some kind of credit there because it was good at some point. But in the moment that I watched it last night, it was just a stream. Like it just wasn't doing it. Honestly, maybe like the rest of this series was. I didn't think I would come liking First Blood as much as this movie or maybe more. Like there's parts of it that I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. But it kind of makes me sad. But I honestly do think it's it is just a stream for me. It's gonna be a stream for me as well. I think it's a fun action movie to throw on if you want to watch a fun action movie, and it's ultimately no more but no less than a fun action movie. It is Dadder Day in a way that none of the other movies are. Yeah, it, which is funny. It's like they yeah, come really in is. and it's like it is just enough to go ahead and watch whatever yeah. is on at whatever time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe it's not a stream. It is. Maybe it's a watch it on TV. Change, <laughs> change the channel during the commercials, but just watch it on TNT. If you miss, if you miss coming back right after the commercial, it's okay. It's fine. Yeah, it's you know fine. Yeah. They're asking if they can drive. They're saying it's thin. You know. Yeah. This is this is a stream. This is a stream for me as well. It was actually almost a forget it. Yeah. Um. And and I think the thing that bumps it to a stream is, it it is the Rosetta Stone from which so many. Buddy cop movies have spawned mm-hmm. that it feels like it deserves some credit there. Uh, Carter, I think I'm, I'm taking a page out of your notebook here. Yeah. But um, yeah, it, it's going to be a stream for me. I'm not, I don't feel like I wasted my time watching it and I'm not disappointed, but I, it just did not do it for me. Yeah. It's, it's Steamboat Willie in a little bit where it's like, sure, I respect Steamboat Willie. The first like 
sound animation. Like it's good, I guess. But yeah, about a I, thousand things I'd rather watch. I instead. like The Lion King way better. <laughs> right, but The Lion right. King owes a unrepayable debt to Steamboat Willie. Yes. So I have right. to yes. kind of like Steamboat yes, Willie. That's a great right. metaphor. But it feels kind of like if Steamboat Willie and The Lion King came out six months apart and starred that Mel is, Gibson that and Bruce is, Willis. Yes, yeah. that is what's so crazy. That is just wild to me. Well, Mel Gibson did do the whistling for Steamboat Willie. Right. It was amazing. That is true. He's like, woo! You know, how a whistle sounds. He's John Smith of Pocahontas. Yeah. So Is he really? Yeah. Uh-huh. <sighs> to close out today's episode, I'd like for you to recast for a Lethal Weapon remake in 2020. Which there's a TV show, by the way. There is a TV show. No, thank you. For Two Chunks and a Hunk, I'm Jordan Wonders, and ooh, I'm really excited about my pick. I'm going to do Rachel McAdams and Octavia Spencer. <laughs> That's think, really great. I think they're funny enough. I think Rachel McAdams and True Detective showed that she can be kind of grim. I think that she's got that edge. I think they would have great chemistry. I think that is a win. Yeah, I would be really interested in that, actually. Um, I'm Doge, and we're going to go Ryan Reynolds for the comedy chops mm-hmm. and make it a little bit more zippy. And then we're going to go Mahershala Ali and his old man makeup oh. from True Detective Season 3. It's very good. Um, Mahershala was almost in mine. I'm going to go, my Murtaugh is Matthew McConaughey. Yep. All right. Yeah, that sounds perfect. And my Riggs is Anthony Mackie. Oh, oh yeah, that's really good. Whoa. So that's what I want. That's really good. Into that. How, what do we need to do to go make that happen? We're so far away. <laughs> We're close. Hey, though. rate and review us. Subscribe. <laughs> Please. We need to make it. We need to remake of- Lethal Weapon. <laughs> hey, but here's the deal. I want to remake it, but I just want Shane Black to write it and also direct it yeah. this time. Ooh. So what are we? Some kind of lethal weapon? <laughs> Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at ritual.com podcast. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.